This isn't some Shutterstock BS. This is Lake Wasoda. <laughs> hey folks, let's spend some time with friends up north. Pat Kreitlow of Up North News is on Lake Wasoda. Kristen Bry of Asgos, Wisconsin is along Lake Michigan. And up on Lake Minocqua is Kirk Bankstead of the Minocqua Brewing Company. Wherever you are, welcome, because you're up north. Thank you, John, and thank you to them Cooley boys for music that tells us we have made it up north. I'm Pat Kreitlow, Managing Editor of UpNorthNewsWI.com. And I'm Kristen Bry, and you can find my social media videos at As Goes Wisconsin. And I'm Kirk Bankstead of the Monaco Brewing Company. So coming up on this week's show, Tom Tiffany is caught lying about COVID. He admits advising his kids against getting vaccinated. And the supposedly pro-business Republican even suggests boycotting small businesses up north that try to keep their customers safe. And we'll, we also speak to Bob Kovar, who thinks that transparency and democracy in the Northwoods has been railroaded by local boards who approve ATV trails against the wishes of their residents. And we are going to talk about next week's election because we have another one. Yes, uh, only six <laughs> months after what felt like a huge election, we have uh, local elections and a statewide race, and they're even sexier than Joe Biden's. So, uh, sexier know. than Joe Biden's election, or because I'm, I'm imagining what are the Ray Bans that he wears? The Ray Ban, yeah, the Ray Bans, and like you know, like the capped teeth. It's, it's, a, sex, uh, it's a look. It's a sexy election, but you know, like you said, these local elections, a little sexy. Joe Biden's, Joe Biden's more sexy when he's like in his muscle cars that he mm -hmm. owns. That that I don't know whether or not that has to play much at all. I in mean, our, he, north. But. Let's be honest. I don't know what he now. He's seventy five or whatever he is. But like when he was young, he was a stud. Like young pictures of Joe. And, and look, let's face it, if, if if the pandemic, you know, had had not kept us from having an inaugural parade, you know, he would have been driving that Camaro or whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would have been the epic way to go. But, uh, you know, as it is, we'll tell you about the, the Wisconsin elections. Also, another seasonal thing in Wisconsin. And I'm, I'm asking this question for a friend. What's the number of Thin Mints you can eat at one sitting and not be embarrassed to share the number. I, I don't know why I'm asking. I I, I just am. So, dude, you know girls, the podcast, right, Pat? People can't see I, that you're holding an empty box of Thin Mints. I knew that you'd out me. So I I, I and I I can't even crinkle the wrapper too much because otherwise, <laughs> you know, are they? Is it actually gone? Is it all gone? Because I finished a box of Samoas. Or whatever oh, the, they're called now. The like Samoas the went away on day one. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. just... that, I finished the entire whatever was left. And my boyfriend was like, Really? Mm -hmm. you, you left me nothing? I was like, no, what, what what's what's yours is his and what's yours is how does yeah, that go? We're yeah. a team. <laughs> we're partners. Mine is mine and what's yours is mine. Hey, Pat, do you eat them cold? Because I freeze mine. I I have, and they're not bad. It's just that they never quite get there so i've i've had them when other people freeze them you're showing immense discipline kirk i'm 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 really or how many boxes did no, you No, you can order like 10 boxes freeze. and then freeze like the nine while you're wolfing down that first one and by the way those girl scouts make small boxes so i don't think you should be too <laughs> you should feel too guilty because those boxes are tiny we're blaming, five dollars a box we're blaming box size now come on people <laughs> 
We can They're do pretty better. expensive for cookies, aren't they? They are worth every penny. Worth every They're Samoas. Penny. Come on. Oh. All right, let's get to a little news. On the pandemic front, there is good news. There's some bad news. Uh, then there's some good news. And then there's some bad news. Let's start with the good news. Not only has Wisconsin passed 1 million people fully vaccinated against COVID-19, now all Wisconsinites, 16 and older, will be vaccine eligible starting next Monday, April 5th. It's all part of a greater supply of vaccine coming into the state, which started, I don't know, sometime after January 20th. And it also is all about you folks who are stepping up to get those shot, shot, shots. But it's not all good news this week. COVID cases are ramping back up. Hospitalizations are ramping back up. And so Governor Evers and others are, are cautioning this pandemic is not over yet, uh, Kirk. We can't be starting the party just yet. No, we can't. And, uh, you know, what we saw <laughs> what we saw in Hudson yesterday just blew my mind. And the, the, the reason we're segueing into this is because because Tom Tiffany is our congressman, and this guy is about as anti-mask and about as anti-vaccine as it gets. And he represents about, what, 300, 400,000 of us uh, in, in Wisconsin. And it's, 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 it's bad. So I wanted to run through. Pat, can I run through a few of the, 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 the hits from his listening session that was kind of going along with the news for the, the vaccine news today? Yeah, it was early, earlier in this week for those folks listening. He was in Hudson, and, and we... We had, uh, you know, uh, an editorial in our Up North News uh, daily newsletter about all the ways that, I mean, he he just straight up lied. And and Kirk, why don't you outline some of yeah. those? So, okay. So first of all, I mean, he, he said that young people are largely not susceptible to the coronavirus, which is not true. And that uh, no one under the age of 19 has ever died from the coronavirus, which is also not true. I mean, we've heard this from the start. Yes. Kids are probably not going to die from this, but they can still catch it and pass it along to those of us who are older who might die from it. It's like it's like how often do we have to say this stuff to get it through some of these people's heads? I, well, it's I, a, it's that young adult trans transmission risk that caused uh, you know uh, one Kristen Bride to, to go running and screaming out of out of California and come running back to Wisconsin here. It, it, yes, that's that's what got me to come back. It, it was. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's, he's always, I think the thing that I'm starting to get frustrated with is that I feel like the goalposts are moving. And like, I feel like, or at least if they're not moving, they're not being communicated well. And so I think that like on one side, we have like outright lies, like what Tom Tiffany is saying. And then we have vaccinate we're the number one in like vaccinations in Wisconsin, and it's not over and numbers are going up. But I also feel like there needs to be more clarity of like what, because I'm kind of under the impression that COVID's not, we're never crushing COVID, right? Like COVID's going to be like people, you're going to get it. And the hope is that you don't die or hot, like, like we don't overrun hospitals from it. Right. And so it's like with the increase of vaccinations, like I wish there was more clarity or better communication around like what are, it's going to be not be the cases, right? Like it's going to be hospitalizations. It's going to be deaths that are the numbers to measure the pandemic. And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like that's where we should be focusing on as more and more people get vaccinated of what the standard becomes of how sick people are really getting rather than the amount of people who 
are getting it. Right. But it's not going to be. Feel the free numbers. to push back on that. Right. The, but but the 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 problem that we're still going to face, uh, you know, much like a, a flu shot, like you said, we're not getting we're not getting rid of the virus entirely because we could never get everybody to just lock down and, and let the virus die out. So we try to minimize the impact as much as possible. It's why we encourage flu shots every year. It's why we encourage the COVID nineteen vaccine, even though. Tiffany advised his three young adult daughters, you know, not to get it because he said that, you know, young people don't transmit it as well. And that's that's just wrong. And the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention say so. And so you should be wearing a face mask. And so what does Tiffany say at this thing in Hudson? He says, well, I think about the small businesses that have mask mandates in place. That's their fault. And we get to choose whether we're going to do business with them or not. And this on the same week, that the conservative-led state Supreme Court throws out the statewide yeah. mask mandate. I mean, this is a pro-business Republican, all but calling for a boycott of small business owners who are trying to do the right thing, keep their customers alive, keep their workers from, from getting sick. Like you said, Kristen, it's just it's completely you know counterproductive to the progress we're making. So I'll never understand like why it's like the opposite world. You know, this Trump started opposite world because it's like it's like misinformation designed to help him get elected. He, but he's he's gone now. So I don't understand why they continue with opposite world because wearing masks helps stop the virus. Businesses who encourage or demand mask wearing are responsible businesses. You know, I that's I, that I did it at the brew pub all last year. But I, I also I got ridiculed for that as well because people believe Trump. Now it's like Tom Tiffany and Ron Johnson are like uh, like the substitute Trumpers who are just giving disinformation and and now calling to hurt small businesses who actually care about health and are trying to get people to wear masks within them. It just makes it, it, it boggles the mind. So we're going to have to face this on and on, but we have to transition into some more of the good news because we've got more good news as well as the bad news, Kristen, and, and that's that. You know, there is this American Rescue Plan that passed through Congress, and Wisconsin's going to get a, a significant share of federal funds, which are meant to not just fight the coronavirus, but to be an economic stimulus as well. Yeah. So I think uh, the total number of money coming into Wisconsin is like $6 billion, and that's going to be broken up between 3.2, that is Evers, Governor Evers' responsibility to decide how that gets divvied up. And then there's another sum that is for specific programs. And then there's some that's going to local municipalities. Right. And the fight for this is over the 3.2 billion. Yes. That, so the fight, that, well, the fight, I mean, the so basically to rehash what has happened. So in our constitution is basically that the, how this federal money that uh, is the $3.2 billion is uh, divvied up is under the discretion of the governor. And so last week uh, in the Truth in Spending Act that was passed by in both the Senate and the State Senate and the Assembly, it was basically a bill saying that the legislature should have some oversight over how that money gets spent. And basically right before Evers announced how he plans to spend that money, he vetoed it. And so I think we all were bracing ourselves, is there going to be an immediate lawsuit like there has the president has said there probably would be, but uh, so far, no. And so basically, if I can look this up, the, the breakdown of what how Evers wants to spend the money is 600 million going to businesses. Um, basically between, I think 50 million alone just to the tour, tourism industry, which obviously 
affects up north the, the north woods a lot but then another 200 million for infrastructure specifically for broadband which is obviously uh, a big part for up north and then uh, another 500 million for the pandemic response basically testing and vaccinations mm -hmm. and so in response to this yesterday the republicans had a was it a press conference or was it, yeah, it was a, a press conference on tuesday yeah. they held yes and so basically saying how they would spend the money if they have the if they had the money but they don't so it was basically just like grandstanding well, about how well, they would i do. don't know we I, I thought you could set up a bingo card as far as what was going to be said and of course the free space would be tax cuts and you know, there would be business tax cuts or maybe some more tax cuts for foxconn yeah. or what have you but and the big they, one was property tax the cuts big one was for, property uh, property and tax that's, cuts. right which of course is a thing here because i feel like the people who have been disproportionately affected by covid are not necessarily property owners right. um <laughs> and so and i think the uh conflict of interest of a lot of our legislature who are not only property owners but landlords landlords yeah and so that i think i mean and you know the teeth there i think like i said it seems like it's they're not going to sue it was basically them saying what they would do but I don't, it don't, it doesn't feel like there's I any wouldn't rule out, here. I wouldn't rule out at all that they would sue yet. And that would just slow down, you know, the money actually being put to work in Wisconsin. But, you know, Governor Evers put it very well when he was in Wausau on Wednesday. He, he said, um, you know, a lot of small businesses don't own their property. They rent. Yeah. And are, he said, are they going to be getting that money through the Republicans plan? Hell no. You see what the, what they did? They made Tony Evers swear. And, and I mean, that's... <laughs> Wait, so Pat, for some, so, I feel like he's said to hell before. Okay, once before. I think he, I feel like there are a couple of times that he's yeah. he, like a hell no or there a, were heck, a couple heck, of swears. Like maybe a heck here yes, here. but okay. I wonder how much he curses in like real life. Wouldn't it be great if we could get somebody on his staff to come in and talk about how he drops an F bomb like every fifth word or something like that? That would be amazing. Like, I, I do I, wonder how fake often, news, like, in, fake news in the, in the, <laughs> public figures of political Wisconsin political uh, 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 personalities, who do you think curses the most? Oh, oh, trust me, as somebody who's- Well, you've, you've worked with some of them, so oh, you probably know. Oh my goodness, yes. Now, and they always kind of, you know, I won't say they made fun of me, but I, I didn't cuss nearly as much, but it was all those years in TV where you assume yeah. every microphone is live. But yeah, there's 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 more than a little bit of uh, cussing that goes on in the Capitol. Probably Are you not going to drop any names for us? I feel uh, like Chris Larson probably curses a fair amount. Well, I didn't serve with him. I, I can't I can't okay. I can't say I I would you know, if I were going to throw, you know, somebody like a John Erpenbach under the bus, I wouldn't use his name in a podcast <laughs> to, to say that. Uh, you know, this seems like a good place to take our first break. So when we come back, we will talk a bit more about uh, what's coming up in the next week here. Uh, it's a sexy election. We've, we've laid it out. The, elect, the local elections are sexy. Kristen's going to tell us more about that in just a moment. You're up north. This is the part of the program where we take a moment to engage in shameless self-promotion. And since this whole podcast was Kirk's idea, why don't we take a moment and let the man talk about what's new at the Monaco Brewing Company? Kirk, what's happening at the Monaco Brewing Company? Uh, thanks, Pat. Appreciate it. So uh, we really care about 
uh, gerrymandering and fair maps in Wisconsin. So uh, one of the beers we just created is called our fair maps IPA and 5% of all of the uh, profits of fair maps IPA and baby onesies and t-shirts and, you know, tank tops and hoodies all go to uh, giving money to try to get rid of gerrymandering. So we, we've, already raised a lot of money uh give it we gave it to citizens action of wisconsin who's calling voters in hudson uh wausau and rhinelander to educate them about how gerrymandering is cheating and how the republicans are 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 trying to gerrymander our lines and and so uh so i just want to encourage you if you feel uh, uh like you don't like gerrymandering as well and nobody should then please either donate to the super PAC or buy Fair Maps IPA or some of our merchandise. All the information can be found on our website at manaquabrewingcompany.com. And we should note that Citizen Action of Wisconsin held an event in Wausau on Wednesday with Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes, uh, or toward, toward Wausau, I should say. I'm sure some of it was virtual, talking about health care and the need for Wisconsin uh, is long overdue to accept the, uh, the Medicaid expansion and the importance of doing that. So we want to tip our hat to the work that Citizen Action of Wisconsin is doing, too. Uh, so thanks for that, Kirk. Kristen, let's get in a plug for uh, As Goes Wisconsin and what you've been working on lately, which I think also involves sexy elections. Sexy elections. So we got uh, content coming out on As Goes Wisconsin, which you can find at As Goes Wisconsin on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. So whichever social media you tend to uh, be drawn to, uh, we are there. But coming up, we're, you know, we're constantly just reacting to whatever the news is and trying to find the joke uh, to both explain it and poke fun of the hypocrisy of it. Um, but hey, April at what point, at what point do you do on the TikTok version? Do you, are you doing that plank challenge? You know, where I, you're throwing your, oh, no, I have oh. not seen a plank challenge. I've seen oh. Oh, two of them. They're like they're 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 throwing their arms up while they start in a push-up position, oh, and then yeah. through dance, they're throwing their feet up and their arms up. It's like a one-arm push-up almost. I I figured you were next on this. I this is this is how wild TikTok is because there's so many users and there's so much content that just entire sides of TikTok are un, unknown to me. And you must be on some kind of uh, fitness TikTok that I uh, Pat, that I don't know of. So, Pat, was that a year, was that a couple years ago, Pat? Are you dating yourself? Yeah, yeah. The fact that grandpa knows that there's a trend on TikTok right now kind of scares me. All right, my now my edition of the fine print <laughs> as managing editor of Up North News, a digital newsroom. You can find it upnorthnewswi.com or upnorthnewswi on social media. Don't forget the WI. I add right here that the Up North podcast is not a production of Up North News, but if this little show gets you to support it or any of our daytime jobs, well, isn't that a win-win for all of us? And also the Up North podcast is made possible by Sitecast, a leading nationally recognized website solutions firm based in the Northwoods of Wisconsin because, hey, nerds live up north too. All right, welcome back to the Up North Podcast. I am Kristen Bry, who is on Lake Michigan, and I'm also with Kirk Bankstadt on Lake Minocqua and Pat Quitelow, and Pat Quitelow on Lake Wissota. <laughs> Uh, I want to talk about, because I made my, um, the big reason I did come back from California uh, was not about vaccinations. It was to get out the vote last year. And so obviously coming off of a huge election in the fall of 2020, 
We are back at it with nonpartisan spring elections on Tuesday, April 6th. And so not nearly the same uh, anticipation, I think, that the presidential elections always get, but positions and referendums that have way more immediate impact on your day-to-day -day life, such as city council and older person positions, school boards, uh, appellate judges, uh, like I said, referendums. And then the big one is the statewide election, which is the superintendent of public instruction, which was the position that Tony, Governor Tony Evers had before he became governor. So this can be a position for someone to not only run all of our public schools and our public libraries, but also is a could be positioning for people who could eventually run for governor. And so uh, it's a race that is, we have the primary back in February, and now it is between two candidates, um, Jill Underly, who is endorsed by basically the uh, most Wisconsin um, teaching unions and the Democratic Party. Tammy Baldwin came out yesterday and endorsed her. And then Deborah Kerr, who um, is endorsed by the Republicans. And then basically the biggest difference I've seen between them is school choice. And basically Underly being doubled, doubled down on public schools and funding public schools versus Kerr who has more opinions uh, or is more about school choice, more about vouchers. And feel free for either of you for anything that I'm missing as far as that. No, I think from a, from an up north angle, I mean, a lot of folks, I think, still aren't clear on on how this very volatile issue has mushroomed out of southeast Wisconsin. This started in 1990 with seven private schools in Milwaukee as an experiment. It has now grown to 465 voucher schools that'll be getting tax dollars in the next school year, according to the Department of Public Instruction. Um, but it impacts every district in the state, and, and here's why. When the Republicans set up the voucher school plan, they take the money out of the big general pot that helps fund all public schools, and they set it up so the voucher schools get paid out of the pot first. And then everything that's left is divvied up to public schools statewide. And, and property taxpayers don't even get to see that impact on their local school district. They, they only see the total amount of state aid coming to their local district. They think it's all going to their local school. Republicans didn't allow the property tax bills to show how much of that state funding was lopped off to go to voucher schools all around the state. So when you add it all up, prior to the start of the last school year, DPI estimated that public schools across Wisconsin would lose out on about $145 million that's going to private schools. And so that's how it affects districts all over up North Kirk. And there's plenty of people that are fed up with paying for two separate and not really equal school systems. Yeah, so this is the deal. Like you're, you're totally right. Like living up north we don't hear about voucher schools because they don't have them we generally have one public school in our little towns or we have a public school and a parochial school um you know like i grew up in i grew up in stevens point we had spash and we had pacelli you know and that pacelli was the parochial school but so this means that my property taxes are or my i'm paying taxes that are now being taken off the top and funding a charter school or a voucher school in Milwaukee. 
I don't think that's fair uh, as a as a as a representative, and I don't think anybody would agree, Republican or Democrat, that that my taxpayer butt dollars should be going to fund a non-public school. And but the the extra bit of this is that some of the, these charter schools or voucher schools aren't public, and so they they aren't held to the same standard that public schools are. Like public schools have to take in everybody. Uh, you know, if if you've got uh, cognitive learning disabilities or you've got your 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 you're physically challenged, um, you know, you have to you know, public schools have to build like ramps, you know, for, for people in wheelchairs. We have to have teachers for those with special needs. These voucher schools do not have to do that. So some of our tax dollars are going to schools who can reject some of the most needy students in in the state and i don't think that's good nor do i think that's fair and it would be one thing if if these voucher schools were doing so much better than public schools but multiple uh, studies have shown that at best they're on par with public schools in terms of overall performance and yet without the oversight so is it really worth the money that's being pulled away from your local school so that fundamental difference has never been more clear in a race for state superintendent of public instruction and so that is another reason why uh, even though the turnout isn't as big for april elections as they are in november it's a reason why you should be voting on April 6th for the DPI candidate that that you think uh, is is better, as well as the, the local boards, the school boards, the town boards, city council. And to that end, uh, we want to talk to somebody all about what the importance of local government is when it comes to something like whether ATV trails should be running around town or running through town. And there's reasons why you'd have either one. And Bob Kovar will join us to talk about that next. Welcome back to the Up North podcast. I'm Kirk Bankstead on Lake Minocqua. Kristen Bry is on along Lake Michigan and Pat Kreitlow is on Lake Wissota. So in joining us now is Bob Kovar from Manitowish Waters. And that's the one thing that, uh, uh, that's because one of the things I wanna talk about this week was an issue that's pretty unique to the North Woods. It's the creation of ATV trails. Now, with most issues, there are two sides of the story. So the first side is the side that I'm more familiar with. And those are the, a, a lot of business owners in the area want more ATV trails along with snowmobilers uh, because for one, global warming has reduced the dependability of snow up here. Uh, and so snowmobilers don't have as long of a season. So ATVs are kind of like snowmobiles and that you're kind of, you can kind of drive through the woods um, and, and so there's a lot of overlap in terms of who uses those. And so uh, I, I understand that side of the story because I owned a brew pub up here and I understand that winter tourism is declining. But the other side of the issue is that, you know, creating ATV trails in the woods can disturb, you know, the ecosystems of the forest. Uh, it can be very noisy and just, you know, kind of disturb homeowners who are along those trails. And there's a lot of folks, especially in the snowmobile folks, where if trails are right by their private property, uh, some of these ATV or snowmobile tourists can, you know, not really respect some of that property and kind of uh, do some damage uh, to private property. So that's the other side of the issue. So joining me today is Bob Kovar. And I want, Bob, can you just tell us what side of the issue you're on and what's going on with some of these townships and how you think um, kind of 
transparency and democratic processes have been kind of trampled on? Uh, yeah, well, thanks for having me. And um, I'm, I happen to be a silent sports person, but that really isn't why I got involved. <clears throat> I got involved in this in the first place um, because I wanted to make sure that uh, the process for deciding ATVs in my town, in Manitowish Waters, uh, was going to be fair, representative, um, and was going to be uh, reflect the will of the majority of uh, all the property owners here in town. Um, and so to that end, I, I kind of dove in with both feet um, and, uh, you know, worked with the town board to get a survey sent out to residents and, and uh, non-resident uh, property owners. Uh, with one question, if there should be ATVs allowed in Mantwish Waters. Uh, it was a little bit of a, um, we had to raise the money to do the mailing, uh, which took about 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we had to put together the mailing list, uh, which took a little bit of work. Um, but, uh, you know, and everything was approved by the town board. Uh, and the town board also uh, was willing to put the question to the voters of Manitowish Waters um, on a referendum. Uh, so we had the survey go out uh, and we had a referendum that voters weighed in on. And it, the results were pretty overwhelmingly that people did not want ATVs in Manitowish Waters and the town board abided by that uh, decision so far. You know, and so to me, it was a real exercise in um, civic participation uh, and democratic, little d, democratic process uh, that I thought was, you know, I was really pleased that it happened that way in our town. Um, it also happened that way in Boulder Junction. Uh, the process was a little more drawn out, um, but it was basically the same. Uh, where they they uh, surveyed business owners, property owners, um, and uh, other tax or uh, taxpayers, and they um, was also defeated in Boulder Junction. Um, right now, because that defeat bothered the ATV people, um, they're running a writing candidate to try and change the makeup of the town board in Boulder Junction. Um, so the lesson there is that, you know, this stuff can change pretty quick. Yeah, it's uh, all, the, all the more reason to know, you know, who's on your town board or who's on your city council. And Bob, the thing that I always find fascinating about this and, you know, covered things like this for, for many years as a reporter is the debate you have between uh, you know, the residents of a town, the, the, the taxpayers, the property owners, the people who would hear, you know, the ATVs or the snowmobiles, but then you also have, uh, and this is no trifling thing, a business community that would like to route ATVs or snowmobilers through town um, because of the, the, the business that they bring in. And so you have some folks who, like you, uh, want this to be small d, democratic in terms of the residents voting and others want the d to stand for dollars and what they bring in through the trails and, and i'm sure that there are communities up north and elsewhere where especially in a tourism-based economy 
where the the dollars outvote the votes. Yeah, and you know, I'm not unsympathetic to that. I have a lot of friends and family that own businesses here, um, and I totally get that. I think that you know, right now, Iron County, for example, is wide open to ATVs, and it's a, it's a mecca for ATVers, and that's that's great. That's what Iron County wanted to do. Um, I do believe, and many of us believe, that we have to preserve some of the North Woods uh, for for quiet uh, and and to preserve the beauty. The the re real reason why people come here. I think the one voice that uh, doesn't get uh, asked for their input are tourists. You know, um, they they're the ones that come up here and spend all the money. Uh, why do they come here? You know, is it for to hop on an ATV or a snowmobile? For sure, some of them. Um, you know, is it to come and go cross-country skiing or ride a bike or paddle a canoe? Yeah, you know, but we don't know. I've never seen a survey of, of those. Uh, Bob, tell us the reason that we have you on the show today is because you were part of a process in Winchester, the town of Winchester that you really didn't like. Can you tell us what happened there? Well, there was a group of us um, that started meeting uh, after the Mantwish Waters issue came up uh, from Winchester Boulder Junction and Manitwish Waters. We met every week to try and uh, join forces and help each other out. Uh, the issue was hot in Winchester. Um, we were able to convince the town board to go down the same route that Mantwish Waters and Boulder Junction did, which was to survey uh, its uh, uh, property owners, um, which they did. And uh, the result of that, again, was uh, the majority of people did not want ATVs in Winchester, but the town board decided it didn't matter. They were gonna allow them anyways. And I, and I think that that uh, was a pretty difficult um, meeting, hearing, uh, knowing that, you know, that democratic process was followed, but um, sort of ignoring it completely uh, in order to get the personal agenda of one or two town supervisors through uh, was really disappointing. So I guess as far as it being actionable for different communities up north, what can any individual, depending on where they decide, if they don't want this, if they do want this, who, what is the chain of command as far as trying to get this to happen, get this not to happen? Well, I think everybody should get involved in their uh, town board meetings, you know, to know what's going on. Um, town boards are... Uh, for the most part, listen to people that come to the meetings. Um, and, you know, I think that uh, the difficult, um, when there's these single issues, like the ATV issue, um, and there's money behind the ATV movement, whereas compared to the silent sports folks, where there really isn't uh, big money pushing silent sports, um, as actively, you know, I just think people have to get involved. 
Um, and you can never give up because what happens is that people decide they don't like one answer. Um, they'll run other people for positions of power to get, you know, what they want. Yeah. So Bob, thanks so much for coming in today. Um, this is exactly kind of what I thought about when I envisioned uh, coming up with this podcast is to talk about talk about issues, talk about government, talk about potentially good government or bad government. And in this case, unfortunately, it seems like it's a bad government and um, and trying to uh, you know bring transparency and bring some of these issues to light. So I appreciate you joining us and uh, and thanks for all you're doing for uh, uh, up north Wisconsin. Yeah, I just would like to say the good government also exists. Let's not forget that. And, um, you know, even though there are people that don't necessarily agree, uh, the process, the democratic process worked in two of our towns. And I, I was really impressed with that. Yeah, it really shows you again how those spring elections like we're going to have next week uh, here all across Wisconsin really matter. Thank you, Bob, so much. Thank you. All right, we, uh, before we wrap things up, we like to look ahead. Uh, obviously, this is Easter weekend. We hope it's a, a safe weekend for folks who might be traveling, finally getting a chance to see family. That's the one thing that's coming up. But I mean, come on. The other thing is coming up this weekend. It's already underway by the time you hear this. Baseball is back. The Brewers are playing the Twins, and then the Brewers are playing the Cubs during the week uh, down at Wrigley, and then they're heading down to St. Louis, and my God, that sounds good to say again. If that's not a sign of spring, I mean, forget the buds. They're not, they're about popping yet. The baseballs are popping. Sorry, that, would you say you're a bigger Brewers fan or Packers fan, Pat, if you had to pick? Oh my gosh. Uh, I've always been more of a baseball fan than a football fan, but boy, it's tough to say you'd want to, it's tough to say the Packers come number two to anything here. So I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying here, I'm saying you personally, but if you feel yeah. like you're going to get some backlash for making the, uh, making that choice. No, 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 no backlash. I just, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm an old fogey who, you know, loves baseball and, and all young people should love baseball. And I'm really, I want to read more about this thing called banana ball that is trying to speed up the game uh, with all these, these funny new rules. And it's, it's totally a, a wacky experiment, but I'm going to, I'm going to get what those are. And, and on a future show, we're going to talk about whether that would draw more people into, to watching the game. I don't know, Kirk, what about you? Baseball versus football. All I know about is that I've always uh, admired the guy in his garage. It's like working on his car and, and the bait and the bait ball game was playing on the radio and he's just like passively listening to it, but working on his car on a, on, you know, on a, on, a, on a weekend, I'm like, this is pure happiness and joy right here for this guy. And so to me, that's what, you know, the American sport of baseball is, is like, it needs to be three hours. So you can keep on working on your car while you're listening to it. Kristen. Oh, I mean, that's for me, it's easy. It's Packers, but uh, I, well, fun story is uh, I actually played Little League with all the boys when I was nine years old. There's a sweet photo of me uh, as a tomboy who went by the name Chris instead of Kristen. And you really can't tell if I am a girl or a boy because I'm nine. Um, but yeah, so I, pl I tried to play baseball. It was not very good. They stuck me out in right field. Uh, but oh, no, not right. Maybe that's field. maybe that's my distaste. I don't oh. have a distaste for baseball, <laughs> but I I would say. But to be fair, I am first first love is is basketball, but then. Second love is Packers. Well, then you're you're in the right place right now with with the, the Bucks coming up on the playoffs and everything. I know, it's, I know. It's been fun to uh, 
I mean, we're so spoiled when it comes to sports, right? For being a, a state that has less than 6 million people to have three MVPs, to have three teams that now, not always, but now are all are consistently good every year for the last couple of years. Packers, my entire life, we've been good. Um, we are very, very. Oh, oh entire life. but you're. I know, I know. I can say that. Because like, you have to remember, like, Brett Favre came when I was like six. Oh boy. You guys had the years of the Packers not being good. My brother and my lifetime as Packer fans have been very spoiled. Uh, Kirk, let's let's transition. Don Mikowski. That's the magic say. man. <laughs> the magic right, man. <laughs> let's transition into, into comments and emails that, that are coming in. Uh two two things uh, that I, I caught off of uh uh, Kirk's Monaco Brewing uh, Facebook page. Uh, one says, my husband read the post about Tom Tiffany's advice to his daughters not to get the vaccine. The first words out of my husband's mouth were, well, that's one way to strengthen the gene pool. Tough, <laughs> tough but fair. And, oh, no. and another one, Kirk, where you, gotta, you might have to defend yourself here. It says, um, I think this was in Milwaukee. It says, they didn't have any of the Kamala beer. They said it needed more aging and they were going to take more to Milwaukee in a couple of weeks. Question is, does Kamala know that she needs to age a little more for her okay. beard? Okay. It's yes. And I get it. And it's funny, but it's, it's a beer we're talking about, not women. And, but, but now that you brought that You're up, can blushing. I tell you, can I tell you a story? Sure. So, uh, Senator Baldwin was uh, up north this last weekend, um, and I got a call, uh, not from Senator Baldwin, but from you know a friend who said she was looking for Kamala and Biden beer so she could give it to President Biden and Vice President Harris. So we arranged, and because we had very little Kamala beer you know, made because it's, you know, we're making it right now and there's very little to find in the state. I had to search all over the state of Wisconsin to find some cans of Kamala so that we could give it to, to Tammy Baldwin and so she could bring it to DC, but we did it. So Biden beer and Kamala beer is now in our senator's hands and it's going to the people, that, their namesakes as I speak. Did she, did she promise that she'd get you a picture of them holding it? I, I didn't ask, I felt a little bit you know, I didn't want to like ask, make man. it a marketing. Listen, I like marketing my stuff, but I didn't want to like hornswoggle our center. Well, I think he's just playing me. the long game. I don't think it'll be that much longer before in, in some parade in Monaco or elsewhere, you're going to see Tammy sitting in the back of a convertible, but maybe the vice president Harris is there. Maybe you'll see kicking some, back, some cases kicking back and, a Kamala. And you know, who's driving that car, you know, who's driving that convertible, don't you? Sexy you know, Biden. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. With that, that's uh, that's going to be a wrap. Thanks for joining us up North where we like our old fashions and old fashioned conversations the same way. Things where we can talk with and not at each other. We'll see you next week. One, two, three, four.